0: Brought to you by the power of the internet, and fueled by imagination, this is Game Night Heroes. We toss dice and tell stories. The deeds of heroes await, and legends dare to be heard. This is Game Night Heroes. Hello and welcome back to Game Night Heroes. We are the Game Night Heroes, and you can be too. We are about to dive into some great and exciting Dungeons & Dragons action for all of you. We are going to be telling a collaborative story in which we will play characters that will then go on an adventure, and the success and failure of that adventure will be determined by dice rolling. We are playing the Freeport Trilogy by Green Ronin Publishing. This has been specially updated for Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. But first, let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. I, of course, am Kevin, the host and dungeon master for our adventure. Let's introduce ourselves again to all you fine folks. Hey,
1: everybody. I'm Rob. Ready to dive in. Ready for some combat.
2: I'm Colleen. I'm playing Iridanza.
1: Hi, I'm
3: Aaron. I'm playing Arden.
4: And I'm Brittany, and I'm playing Nisha.
0: Excellent. And I'm Kevin, and I get to play as the Dungeon Master for this game, which means that I get to play as everyone and everything else. So, without any further ado, let us dive back into D&D and into Freeport, the city of adventure.
3: Previously on Game Night Heroes...
0: Brought together in the pirate town of Freeport, four strangers find themselves on a mission to save Lucius, a librarian missing from the Temple of Knowledge. Their benefactor, Egil, his friend, hire them to look into the matter and to secure Lucius and bring him back into the fold. Their investigations have led them down a dark and treacherous path, which currently finds them within an underground temple beneath the city streets. Here, they have made their way to the heart of the Sanctum, where they face their greatest foe, the Master, known to them as Milos, right-hand man to the head of the Temple of Knowledge. As our heroes discovered him in the mists of a vile and treacherous ritual, they spring forth, hoping to stop the madman. For he plunges the city into greater danger. And his two fellow cultists heft heavy crossbows, ready to shoot down our heroes where they stand. Battle is about to be joined, and the fate of Lucius, and possibly of Freeport itself, is about to be determined. Our tale now resumes. Kill them all! Milos screams to the two men below, and they heft up heavy crossbows and aim them in your direction. Let's go ahead and let's have the group, please, roll initiative.
1: Oh, baby. Starting out strong.
4: Yeah, you're the only one (laughs) so far.
1: Boom, 21. It's a 9.
2: I got an 8. I got a 14.
0: Initiative being rolled, we do have Milos and Victor tied. With a 21. So. (laughs) Milos, I will say, because he did roll a nat 20, and I'm not making that up, folks. He will go first. So first thing he will do is gesture, and he throws his cloak back up over his head, obscuring his features once more. And he did something else during that, but now it's Victor's turn. Victor, start us off.
1: Well, Milos, looks like you've been quite busy I'm gonna open things up with a Eldric blast to Milo's face.
0: I like it, starting strong. All right, does a fourteen hit? A fourteen. Yep.
1: All right. Takes five points of force damage as a cold ray blasts out. I love it,
0: Victor. As you step through the room, you gesture. You take your long sword and you swipe it through the air, and what happens is a icy blue sheen slices through the air it turns into an arced curve and it lances out, it springs across the corridor, and strikes Milos right in the face, as you intended. He kind of rears back Aah! and he stumbles back behind the altar briefly, but his attention is still focused. Anything else you want to do, Victor? You did move into the room, I see. Yeah. You got it. Alright. Iridanza.
2: I am going to whip out my bow Okay, and shoot at milos you got it 18 to hit Ooh yes and five points of piercing damage
0: Herodonza, you move into the room drawing your longbow in the process and as you do so you take aim you let an arrow fly and it flings through the center of this chamber and slams into milos's chest he gasps for a moment and then he gets a wicked vicious grin on his face it's not going to be that easy
2: We'll see about that.
0: Arden, what are you doing, sir?
3: I'm going to enter into the room. Yep. I don't know what I want to yell at him. Something about him being a something, but this is a family show, so we're going to keep it clean. So I'm just going to try to murder this guy. Sure. I'm going to cast Chaos Bolt. Well, that does a 15 hit. Sure does. Boom. All right, so the first of the D8 damage will be determining what the effect is. Okay. So the first D8 was a 5. Okay. That's lightning damage. Ooh. So he takes 14 points of lightning. Really?
0: Wow. Yeah. So, do you go into the room. If you could, please roll a D20 for me. 3. A 3. Okay. Arden, you move into the room following your companions. You like it better in here. It's nice and bright. You can see what's going on in here. And you gesture, and that strange entropic magic starts to pulse around your body. It forms into a ball of energy, and you launch it straight towards Milos. As it flies through the air, it kind of shimmers with all those different prismatic colors until it eventually pops. It turns into an arc of shocking energy that lances through him. He jerks and pulsates from the power pulsing through him. And then it is Nisha's turn.
4: All right. I am going to get my bow out and try to blink the head dude. Why not? With a 19 to hit.
0: Yes, indeed.
4: And five damage. And I'll step into the room, too.
0: Got it. All right. You move to the room, drawing your short bow. You gesture off to the side, and you let loose an arrow, and much like many times you've practiced this attack, flies through, and it slams into Milo's. He just kind of grits his teeth at all of you. You're all going to die, he says. Then, the two guys that are in the room with him, they appear to be dressed in these dark black cloaks that are obscuring parts of their features. They both move in behind the pillars that are in this room, giving them some partial cover against all of you. The one on the left opens fire at your group. His heavy crossbow rings out true and a 16 to hit you, Arden. That's a a big oof. All right. Arden, you take three points of piercing damage. Oh. So his crossbow bolt slings through and Arden embeds itself into your forearm and you kind of gesture and your hand tinges for a second. There's a slight moment where you lose the feeling in your left hand, but You know you're going to have to push through it. The other guy takes aim and fires as well. With a 17 to hit Iridanza.
2: That's very much so a hit.
0: Okay, and you take three points of piercing damage as well. As the crossbow bolt slings through and slams into you. You stagger for a bit. And yeah, you definitely feel that 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 was bad news. Milos steps forward to actually come to the side of the altar. And he gestures, and there's this dark, guttural language that comes out of him. You see that some of his wounds seal shut.
4: That's not
1: fair.
0: It's not, is it? (laughs) With that, it's going to be Victor's turn.
1: So, I am going to cast, as a bonus action, Hex on Milos. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm going to end up giving him disadvantage on uh, constitution ability checks.
0: Okay. Good to know.
1: And then I'm going to follow up with an Eldritch Blast afterwards.
0: Yeah. 10 to hit. So you see the icy blue energy begin to pulse and wrap around his body. And as it does so, you press the advantage and you fire off an Eldritch Blast. And it lances forward, and you see that as the hex wraps around him, he moves kind of with it, and the Eldritch Blast goes wide. And it hits the side of the altar where he was standing, and it shatters some of it into some stone basalt pieces that rain down and scatter across the floor. Do you want to move?
1: Yeah, I'm going to move in front of Arden.
0: Okay. Victor, you dive out of the way, partially shielding Arden. So, Iridanza, what do you choose to do now?
2: I am going to cast Hunter's Mark on the man on the west side of the room to our left.
0: One of the two guard guys?
2: Yes. And then I'm going to shoot him with the longbow. Okay. Well, I got a natural one, which gives me a total of six.
0: Oh, goodness. You move over out of the opposite direction that Victor did, so to the other side of the room, and as you do so... You focus in your hunter's actions, and you feel the mystical energy of your people surround the air around the one cultist as he's beginning to reload his crossbow, and you feel it close around him. And when you take a shot, you're not sure why, but you just missed a shot that should have been amazingly perfect. It lined up exactly, but it just seemed to miss. Your eyes blur for a second.
2: And with that, I'm going to move behind the
0: pillar on the east side of the room for some coverage. You got it. You dive back in behind the pillar and ready yourself for the next volley. Arden, what do you choose to do?
3: Uh so using my naturally stealthy halflingness, I'm going to hide behind the big dude in front of me and use that to sneak around the backside of this pillar that we are standing on.
0: All right. Using Victor to mask your movements, you slide it back behind the pillar he's standing next to, and it obscures you from the vision of the other men across the room that you're fighting. Anything else you wish to do? Then I'm going to sneak up on the side of the pillar. You got
3: it. Then I'm going to cast Minor Illusion, and I'm going to make an image of myself, like he's hiding behind the
0: pillar. Okay. Arden, you move off to the side and you begin to gesture, and you can feel... The illusionary magic around you start to take shape. You see an image of yourself appear like it's hiding behind the pillar in front of you. Uh, pretty good illusion, you would think. Nisha. All right. What do you choose to do now?
4: Um, I'm going to try to shoot the guy on the right. Okay. With my bow. I'm assuming a 10 does not hit.
0: A 10 does not hit, just barely misses. All right, I'm
4: going to move over to behind this pillar and
0: hide. So you move over to the same pillar that Arden just disappeared behind, and as you do so, you take a pot shot with your short bow, and it does go a little bit wide because you're in the process of moving as you're trying to get him back behind the pillar, but you do manage to slide in behind it. Victor, this leaves you kind of out in the open, away from the others for the time being, and because of that, The two men that are standing there with their crossbows, they are going to attack back. So the first one is going to attack at you with a 11, which is going to miss. And the second one's going to attack you with a 20.
1: I'm going to, in reaction, Mm -hmm. cast shield, giving me a plus 5 to my AC, making
0: it a 21. Okay, so yeah, so what happens is they both take a shot at you. The one, it goes completely wide. He's kind of looking and taking everything in. He seems to be panicking a little bit. And then the other gentleman on the other side, he takes aim and he fires at you and as it goes through the air, it's about to make contact with one of your arms and you instinctively wave the sword in front of you and that blue icy light ripples up across the front of your body and you see the crossbow bolt hit it and just collapse in on itself It shatters onto the shield that flares up around you for a moment. The shield energy fades back away off of you, leaving you standing there. Milo's says, <laughs> "I can do better than that." And then he is going to actually reach in behind him, and he pulls out a small vial of some sort, and he chucks it at your direction, Victor. Uh, Seventeen to hit you. Yeah, that hits. He throws this small vial at you, and as it arcs through the air, it actually hits you. It shatters. And fire erupts across your form. You take three points of fire damage. Okay. And then he moves back over out of the way, so you guys can't get a good proper bead on him. But Victor, you're up. Just as quickly as the fire started, it kind of dies back down. You would guess that he probably did this more as a distractionary method, because when your vision clears, you see that he is out of the way. He's moved.
1: So, I made a constitution save since I took damage. Okay. um, To retain the
0: spell. Right. Um, Going to be DC 10 or half of the damage you took, whichever is higher. Yep.
1: So, I made an 11. So, it looks like I get to keep my spell going. So, you're fine. Yep. So, I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to cast Healing Word as a bonus action.
0: Okay. Ooh, giving yourself eight hit points back. I like it.
1: Yep. And then I'm going to move back here. I'm gonna shoot Eldric blast since healing words is only a bonus action. Okay? 25.
0: Oh yeah. 25 is definitely gonna hit that guy.
1: He'll take seven points of force damage.
0: Whew. I like it. All right. So as you move back in behind the pillar, following the path that Arden took, you actually move past your little friend and you come out on the other side of the pillar. And as you do so, you call forth the energy of the trinket and it draws the energy back up into you and you can feel some of your wounds slog off. And then you take that momentum and you channel that same energy back down through the blade and you slice through the air and the arc of that icy blue Eldritch Blast streaks across and hits that guy. There's a split second where as it hits him, he actually begins to falter and drop the crossbow, but he manages to maintain it at the last second and not drop it upon the floor. Iridanza, what are you doing?
2: I pop out from behind the pillar, and I attempt to shoot the guy that I casted Hunter's Mark on.
0: Absolutely. Go ahead and roll to hit.
2: 22.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Roll that damage for me.
2: Seven and six.
0: Oh, nice.
2: 13 points.
0: So, 13 total. Awesome. So, Iridanza, as you move out, you take aim with your longbow. And you fire at that guy that your Hunter's Mark pulses around. The arrow flies straight, and it takes this guy right in the throat, and he falls to the floor, gurgling for just the briefest seconds before he expires. One down.
2: And I use my bonus action to move my Hunter's Mark onto Milos, and I go back to hiding behind the pillar.
0: I could be mistaken, but I believe the Hunter's Mark, when you move it, have to be on somebody you can currently see a
2: creature
0: you can see yeah so you can't quite do that
2: can i see the other henchman? yes you can
0: see the other henchman guy yep you can do it to him if you want instead
2: instead i move the spell to him
0: nobody else really sees it except for you but as you draw forth the energy off of that you feel the hunter's connection kind of fades off of the one guy it passes to the next as you mystically mark him as your new quarry
2: beautiful
0: and you move back in behind the pillar you said yes Excellent. All right, Arden, what are you doing, big guy? I'm going to continue
3: the move around the backside of this pillar right here. Sure. And seeing this dude right here, I will cast Chill Touch.
0: Oh, nice.
3: Critical 25.
0: Oh, yeah. You move past the pillars all the way. You come up behind the dead body of the guy that Iridanza just dropped and you see the other gentleman beginning to ready his crossbow, and you put your hands up, and you gesture, and a spectral hand comes up out of the ground right in front of him and swipes at him, and it makes contact with him. For one plus five, six points in necrotic damage. Beautiful. And as the skeletal hand swipes across his form, he doesn't even have time to react. It just takes him down to the thrall of death, bearing him to the ground. As this happens, you guys all watch as this strange, faint energy washes up off of both of these guys' dead forms and shoots back over in the direction of Milo's. Arden, where you are standing, you can see Milo standing behind the pillar. As this energy comes off of these two guardsmen that he has, it funnels back into his body, and there's this brief second where his eyes flare with light, and then he... Looks to you with another grin on his face. Anything else you want to do? Uh, panic. <laughs> All right. We no, I have time for that. All right, Nisha, what are you doing?
4: So I'm going to move since they're both dead. I think actually what I want to do is I'll end up double moving and moving backwards around these around the other side of these pillars so I can sneak okay. around here to see if I can see them.
0: You slide in back behind the pillars on the western wall and you start following the path that Victor and Arden took, and you quickly catch up to Arden. And as you swipe back around the last pillar, you turn around the corner just in time to see this energy flowing into Milos. Okay.
4: Yep, so yeah, so I double moved, so I am done.
0: Okay. Milos grins, and then he is going to begin gesturing. As he does so, I need Nisha and Arden to both make charisma saving throws, please. Oh, this is going to be
2: bad.
0: Oh.
3: Huh? I rolled a 10.
4: I got a natural 20 and a negative one for charisma.
0: Oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Thank God.
0: <laughs> so 19. All right. So Arden, you got a 10. And Nisha, you got a 19. You both feel this energy Arden, it's not dissimilar to that weird presence that you felt in the chamber before, that dark presence in that pit. You feel it watching you for a split second, and something washes over the two of you. And when that happens, you can feel something wash over you, specifically Arden, and take root within you. Nisha, it seems to wash over you, but you shrug it off.
4: Hmm. Well, that was weird.
0: And Milos is also going to move back behind the pillar out of your guys' view. Victor, what do you choose to do, sir?
1: Can I see him?
0: Yes, he moves around the pillar, and out of the corner of your eye, you can see him. He seems to be momentarily focused on your other two companions, and hasn't noticed you standing there yet.
1: I'm going to blast him with an Elgic Blast again, or try. The 24? Yeah, that'll hit. All right, since that hex is still going, it's going to take five necrotic and three force damage.
0: You run forward, you pass right through the uh, illusionary form of Arden that he planted, and as you do so, it dissipates and disappears. And then you close the gap between you and Milos, and he doesn't have time to react as your Eldritch Blast strikes off of the sword and blasts into him. He stumbles back and slams into the wall directly behind him. And looks like he's a little shaken for a moment. When he hits the wall, Arden, that weird feeling that was passing through your body, suddenly like a quick snap, is gone. Iridanza, what are you doing?
2: I pop out from around the pillar, but on the opposite side. And I shoot at Milos. Excellent. Do I hit him with a 14?
0: You do not, unfortunately.
2: Oh man. I hide behind the pillar.
0: So you pop out of the other side of the pillar. You see Milo's is directly in your sight. As he slams into the wall, you see there's a pulse of magic that flares across his form for a split second, and you fire at him, and the longbow shot goes wide. You dive back in behind the pillar to be hidden again. All right. Arden, you feel that sense of dread, that sense of bane just kind of wash off of your features. What do you want to do? So I'm going to pop around the pillar again. Okay. And then
3: I'm going to pop another Chaos Bolt at him. Yeah, worked pretty good last time. 22 the hit. Whoo! yes, indeed. All right, 12 points of damage, and it will be, was that a four?
0: It's going to be a force damage. So this time, as you let go of the Chaos Bolt, its prismatic energy swirls and rides around itself, and as you let it go, it flies through the air. This time when it hits him... You see Milos kind of slams into the wall again and he starts to slide down the wall. He looks like his knees are about to give out from beneath him and he manages to barely stand. He looks very tired, very sore. Uh, It looks like he's having a hard time. Anything else you want to do, Arden, or is that your turn? Nope, that's everything. Okay. Nisha.
4: All right, I am going to move over behind this other pillar to see if i can see him and then i'm going to try and shoot him with my bow with a 17 to hit
0: a 17 does hit
4: hey and seven damage
0: Ooh, okay
4: then i'll just step back out of his sight
0: over here okay so nisha as you fire upon him you can see he staggers for a bit There's something weird that happens to him. His body kind of shifts and jerks for a second, and he doesn't quite look like he's him for a second. And then his features return as you dive back in behind the pillar. He proceeds to move back in around the pillar. Actually, to your surprise, he's moving around the pillar to... Follow in behind where you are, Nisha. And as he does so, he casts a spell. If you could please make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, boy. 20. 20. You pass. He gestures and he puts his hands out. This invisible energy kind of ripples across his palm. And you feel something wash over you. And your mind tells you to stop moving. But deep within you, that energy that you hold at bay with your every conscious moment, during your waking hours, rages forth. We would see that fuchsia energy flashes across your eyes for a brief moment and gives you an inner strength that you didn't know that you currently possessed. The energy waves off of you as if water falling away from a slicker, and you shrug it off. You can tell that he is pretty weak, pretty tired. He's having a hard time right now. Victor. Okay, I'm going to move like right into his face there. Yep, you follow him around the pillar and you come up behind him as he's trying to engage Nisha.
1: I am going to attack him with my long sword, but I'm going to
0: try to knock him unconscious. So, how it is, is you just pretty much roll to hit. And if you hit and it's going to drop him to zero, you would say, I'm going to choose to make him go unconscious instead. Okay. Does a 16 hit? You move in behind him and you try to stab him in the back with the long sword. And Nisha, as he sways for a moment, you see Victor emerge behind him, and he stabs the sword up into what would be Milos's back. But Milos moves supernaturally fast, and the sword goes underneath his armpit as he shifts. And then you actually watch as he closes his arm around the sword blade, temporarily blocking it there, Victor. Okay. Iridanza. Uh,
2: I don't know that he's gone around the pillar, so I'm going to pop out on the side that I did originally to find. He's not there. And I'm going to use the rest of my distance to move up. Okay. And I'm going to stop there.
0: You come out around the same pillar, getting ready to fire a shot out at him again. And when you go to pull the shot up, you see he's actually moved. And you start to move down the pillars behind, trying to find where he went. You come up and you can see that Victor is semi-tussling with him. Arden.
3: Uh, so I'm going to pop back up. Yep. I want to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to surprise everybody with this. Okay. Another chaos bolt.
0: Oh, man, I'm, I am shocked. You never do that spell. I know. I,
3: I am surprised too. Well, this one, however, is only a 15 to hit.
0: A 15 does not hit him currently. So this time you fire the chaos bolt. You throw it just as you had all these other times where it's actually been successful. This time, however, it just barely misses his face and it just falls and it kind of just explodes on the ground next to him and Victor. Oops. So Nisha, what do you choose to do?
4: I'm going to move back a little bit. Shoot Milos with my bow again and get sneak attack this time. 22 to hit.
0: Yes, 22 will hit.
4: And nine total damage.
0: Nine total. Okay. As the arrow hits him, you see him sway for a second And he almost drops. You can tell that he is barely clinging on to life.
4: Knock him out.
0: Milo says, I don't know why you want to bother with the stupid, foolish librarian, but it will be your folly. And he is going to turn and he casts a spell. The last ditch effort here. And as he does so, he gestures with his hands. And you see a floating spectral kukri appear in the air between Nisha and him. And the kukri spins and flies through the air and starts to move towards you. It is going to try to hit you with a 16. You hit. Okay. You're going to take eight points of force damage as the spiritual weapon slams into you and carves into your left shoulder.
4: All right. Now we just need to kill this guy.
0: Victor, as the spiritual Kukri flies towards Nisha, he turns around to face you and he says, by the unspeakable one, you will die.
1: I think you have that backwards. And I attack him. 22 to hit. 22 does hit. So 12 total points of damage, three necrotic, nine slashing. Excellent. So I would choose to render him unconscious if he hits zero.
0: You take the longsword and you take the handle of it and you strike him across the face with it and he crumples into a heap on the floor in front of you. As he does so, you see, as you pull the sword back, the trinket that adorns the handle of it pulses once, twice, a third time. And then this icy blue energy that you've seen all these times streaks off of it and slams into Milos' form. And he screams, as it bears him down to the ground. You watch as he stumbles for a second through his gritted teeth. He screams, No, it cannot be. By the yellow sign, we will rule. Uh, And the energy continues to pulse into him, driving him down onto the floor. You watch as he slumps to the floor, his blood begins to pump out into the tiles around the temple. And at that last proclamation, he falls back dead to the floor. The energy on the trinket stops glowing. You feel a strange presence within you, a life force that once belonged to this man fades up into you, rejuvenating you slightly. Milo's eyes glaze over in death, and in that moment, Victor, you see something truly terrifying. You watch as the man's form, his face, begins to melt, bones snapping and popping as the skin melts and peels away from his form, almost as if someone is melting wax over a too-thin frame. His skin literally melts off of his features, and in its place, you see The skin and the bones rearranged into an unnatural form. A strange serpent man with scaly skin and a forked tongue now lolling to the side in his unliving form. The only thing that marks this individual as Milos is his ill-fitting glasses on the Ophidian head. You look, you recognize. It's the same kind of creature that you guys fought in the hallway before you came into this room. Some sort of strange serpent person now dead in front of you.
1: Well, that's horrifying. You, you,
0: you, you snakes.
4: <laughs> At least it's a dead snake.
0: There's a moment where the battle dies away, and you guys look upon the form that was Milos, and you wonder what kind of creature this is and what this might mean. If these creatures are able to mimic human form, how many of these other creatures have you encountered? How many more will you encounter? But for now, the threat seems to be disposed of. What do you guys wish to do?
1: Uh, I'd like to search Milos' body to see if there's any interesting items or trinkets on it.
0: Okay. You begin to search his form? Yes. And you find that he has a key ring on his belt. There is about 12 different keys four of which are the same gold and brass type color, and the other eight are all different colors and shapes. He also has a small wand on his person that seems to have broken while he fell. There are three jeweled rings that you see upon his left hand. Also, surprisingly, you are happy to see that there is a belt pouch with 15 gold pieces within. Cool. I'm going to take that. All right. What else does everybody do?
4: I want to
0: go investigate the altar. Okay. So Nisha, you move over to the altar where Milos was performing some sort of ritual when you guys entered in. And behind the altar, you find that there is a form inside some sort of dark burlap sack beneath the altar itself.
4: Oh, I want to check it out.
0: (laughs) You crouch down in front of it and you begin to reach towards the top where it's tied shut. and You can tell that it was pretty hastily tied shut, almost as if in a hurry. And when you begin to untie it, you notice that the form inside the burlap sack shifts slightly and you hear like a moan.
4: I open the sack all the way.
0: You open the sack all the way and inside you find a human man pretty much stripped down to, at this point, dirty underclothes. He is unconscious, and he looks like he's very worse for wear. He's got cuts and bruises on his face, almost as if he was beaten or tortured. There is a dark stain on the front of his shirt, like he bled upon it, and definitely could use some healing. Yeah,
4: I don't have any healing for you, buddy.
1: <laughs> I do not either. I could try a medicine check.
0: I would be all of my spells. Yeah, you can do a medicine check if you want to see what's going on with him. Or not.
1: <laughs> I got a three.
0: You can definitely tell he's injured, he's unconscious, but other than that you really can't tell what's going on with him.
1: Maybe we should take this man and head back to a safer place.
4: Sounds like a good idea to me. Don't really want to stick around too long, but I do wanna do like a sweep of the room just to see if there's anything else in here that we've missed before we head out.
3: I can do that i can't carry the dude he too big in this room
0: specifically or in the temple
4: well in this room specifically before we head down to the hallway
0: okay so who all is doing that i will arden okay make an investigation check for me arden 10 arden you look about the temple and you don't find anything out of the ordinary
3: nope looks like a
0: room with some dead people so now that you've got this man out of the burlap sack, he is a slightly built man, pretty thin. Looks like he maybe has it eaten for a couple of days, too. Victor, you are a pretty athletic guy, pretty strong, and you have a pretty athletic demeanor about yourself. So you don't think you'd have any problem carrying Lucius out of here because he's such a slight build and he's really not giving you any sort of resistance. So you just scoop him up and fling him over your shoulder gingerly in that fireman carry style and you guys begin to make your way out of the temple. Standing on your guard, the four of you make your way back down through the chambers that you had traversed only moments ago, and you make your way to the front where you guys entered, and you pass that strange, dark room that sent this weird chill down all of your spines. And And you know that just behind that closed door is this dark, malevolent presence waiting You press on. Arden, it takes you a moment longer than the others to actually continue to move on. You guys watch as he stands there, a little bit longer than the rest of you, looking at the door almost longingly, but he eventually snaps out of his stupor and comes up behind you guys. You see that the first... Beginnings of the rays of sunlight begin to stream through the boarded-up wood on the front of the bricked-up house. And you guys make your way out into a new day dawning over the city of Freeport. The sun comes down on all of you, and it does kind of refresh you a bit, and it brings you back to the idea that you are ascending out of this dark area. Nisha, you take a quick look around, and you don't notice anyone else who is watching you guys save for a lone figure on a rooftop across the street from you. Dressed in all black, the figure watches the four of you emerge. And right as you make eye contact with the individual, they give you a slight nod and turn and disappear into the sunlight as they disappear across the roof. You're pretty sure it's the same individual that you and Iridanza chased the night before. The four of you make your way back to the librarian's home. When you guys approach, you see that the front door is actually slightly ajar, and you can hear that there is someone within.
4: Nisha will stealthily go up to the door and kind of peek in a little bit to see if she can see who's in there.
0: Absolutely. Nisha, you step up towards the front door, and as you do so, you can hear the continued sounds of someone moving about within. There's a moment where you hear them walking across the pages and the books spilled and thrown about all over the floor and then there's a moment where you really stop to listen and you can hear that the individual is actually much to your surprise humming to themselves it's definitely a lighthearted type of humming the individual is definitely in a good mood and you move up to the door and you look within you can actually see the familiar light blonde haired brother egil of the temple of knowledge And he's actually moving about the room, and he's picking up papers and books. And you can see that he's just picking up the room about him, trying to get the room back into some sort of regular living style.
4: I will knock on the door and also say, knock, knock, and then push it open a little bit.
0: He instantly jumps, and his head jerks over towards the door to see you guys standing there. And he goes, oh, you startled me, And then he realizes, as you push him through the door, and Victor comes in right behind you with Lucius over him, he goes, oh my, <laughs> Lucius! And he motions over towards the cot, and he starts pressing some of the covers back down flat, and he motions for you to put the librarian down on the bed. I set him down carefully. Victor, you set Lucius down, and eagle goes into a huge flurry of motion. He actually moves past the four of you, actually, to your surprise, Victor, forcefully pushing you out of the way, not in a harsh manner, but just in a very, he's determined and he wants to see to his friend and make sure he's okay. You watch as he moves over to him and he starts looking about, he looks over his face, he wipes the hair that's matted with the blood to the side of the librarian's face, he moves it out of the way, and you guys all watch as he gets overcome with emotion, you can see that... A couple of stray tears rolled down his face. And he says, oh, Lucius, what have they done to you? And he leans forward and he actually embraces him. He throws his arms around him and he holds him for a bit. And you see that he then pulls away. He kisses the librarian's forehead once and twice again. And then he holds him for a bit more. He's actually overcome with emotion. He's weeping a bit of happiness and almost as if he realizes that you guys are still there, he suddenly looks back over his shoulder and stifles his tears and lays the library back down on the bed. And he says, thank you. I knew that you could do it, friends. I I never had any doubts in you. I can provide him some healing, but his wounds look very grievous. We should get him back to the temple immediately. Uh, the other priests there, they're more skilled in the healing arts than I am. They'll be able to make sure that he is all right. Thank you. Thank you so much, he says, looking at all of you. You're welcome.
3: welcome. Hey. Hey, can I can, can I get a kiss too?
0: <laughs> he looks at you, and you can see he gets an embarrassed look. color flushes to his cheeks, and he just looks away very sheepishly, even more so than you guys have seen him before. And then you watch as he gestures his hands together, and he says something under his breath that you guys can't quite make out. And as he does so, he takes his hands and he lays one on the side of Lucius's face very tenderly. And a bright white light emerges from his palm and it shudders over the librarian's forehead where he has a deep gash. And you watch as the gash slowly seals back shut. Egil looks back to the four of you and he says, "Um, I thank you again. I, I don't know what I would have done if you hadn't found him. Thank you. Thank you.
3: Not a problem, buddy, but we sure got an issue with the temple. You remember that librarian dude who was the the meanie face? That dude? Yeah, yeah, he he dead. He was leading the cult.
4: And he wasn't human, he was a lizard.
3: Oh yeah, that's right, the lizard person. Took off his face and everything, it was spooky.
0: He looks at you guys and his eyes narrow in confusion. I, I don't understand. Milos, you mean? Yes. Yes. And you can see that he takes a moment and the information kind of rolls through his head. And then you can see he looks down as if he's trying to piece it all together. And he's still tending to Lucius's wound. He's like wiping some of the blood off of the librarian's forehead. And then he stands and he turns to all of you and he goes, well, I suppose that does make a little bit of sense. He never was a very kind individual. His loyalty's always lied to himself before the temple and before Theron, but... I never would have imagined he was the one behind all of this. Thank you again for rooting this out. I will make sure that Theron is given this information immediately. We wish to make sure that there's no one else that would be wishing to besmirch the Temple of Knowledge. If you will help me, friends, let's get Lucius back there so he can rest properly. And I'll see that when we are returned that you will be rewarded the rest of the money that I owe you. Yep, that sounds good to me. Two days later, the four hired heroes brought together by Egil, the brother of the Temple of Knowledge, find themselves reunited once more. It's been a kind of quiet and comparatively low-key couple of days since you ferreted out the mysterious threat that was Milos and his members of his cult. and. You all find yourself here summoned by Egel. It would seem that Lucius has awakened and that he would wish to make sure that you all are properly paid and your business is concluded. You guys all stand here, some of you with different information that you might have gleaned in the time since you have all journeyed forth to figure out what's going on with all of these troubles here in Freeport. You guys are all standing in that front little foyer area where you first met Milos.
3: I am seriously questioning The moral integrity of this party after they just stabbed that person and then took me into the snake den. (laughs) One was unacceptable, but the other was just terrifying.
1: I didn't know it was going to be snake people down there.
3: Well, you should have known.
2: They're not snakes. They're serpent people.
3: There's no difference. (laughs) They got those crazy forked tongues and they, they just stick it out at you all the time. I stick my tongue out. I don't have a forked tongue. You don't have to be afraid of me. I throw a turnip at his face.
1: I catch it. <laughs> you In do. In your mouth. <laughs> and Nice.
0: Right as you catch the turnip, there is a movement at the door, and you all turn to see an approaching group of men. You guys see that one of them is Egel, and he definitely looks like he is happy to see all of you. He's got a bright smile that crosses his young face. And flanked on either side of him are two other lower-ranking priests of the temple. And they nod to the four of you, and they turn and walk off, leaving you alone with Egil. And he says, Thank you again for returning to my summons, friends. I look forward to making sure that you are rewarded for the great deed that you have done. And as such, I would like to give these to you. And he hands each of you a small pouch of coins the 40 gold pieces that he is uh, owing all of you
1: it was 40 each right yes
0: 40 each yep so everybody got paid 50 gold pieces each for your full time investigating what happened with lucius and with the mysterious happenings he says to you i want to thank you again for all that you have done and i want to apologize for the way i was overcome with emotion when you returned i i'm just glad to know that everything will be getting back to normal <laughs> I suppose at this juncture, I should make it prudent to let you know that Lucius has awakened, and he does seem to be feeling a bit more like himself. He uh, he rambles a bit. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll fully ever be himself again, but I have faith that the man that I know is still within there. That time will heal whatever it is that afflicts him. But know this. Uh, you have made yourselves great allies here within the city of Freeport. The Temple of Knowledge will look upon the four of you as great friends and great allies in the future. And, what I consider to be a bit of a more personal statement, I would consider you a friend and an ally in the future. The four of you have showed great bravery and great promise, and I I thank you again, sincerely, for what you have done. I, and he kind of looks down like he's looking for the words. I'm not sure what I would have done had you not intervened the way that you did. But all all is well. (laughs) All is well. I suppose this concludes our business then, he says with a weak smile. I hope the four of you will go in good travels to whatever brings you on your next step of your journey.
4: Thank you. We appreciate that. And then I'm going to pull out a book and say, and by the way, this is Lucius's diary that we had borrowed from before. You might want to give that back to him.
0: He looks at you and he has a long pause where he looks at you and just nods and he reaches out tenderly and he takes the book and he says, yes, I kind of clears his throat. You can tell he's getting a little bit emotional. He says, I I will make sure that I'll make sure that he gets it. And he just nods at you again. And he turns and he starts to walk away and he gets a couple of paces past you guys and he says, oh, and he turns back to you and he says, huh, Not to worry, friends. I wanted to tell you there was one bit of other business that I went ahead and took care of. Uh, I informed the Sea Lord's guards about that disgusting temple that you found Lucius in. From what I hear, they've almost finished clearing it out of those horrible items within. He smiles and places his hands on his hips like he's pretty proud of himself. Then there's a moment, and he looks around the room at all four of your reactions. And his smile drops away from his face, and you can tell that the color rushes up into his cheeks. He's a little bit embarrassed, and he says, Uh, sorry? Uh, Should I not have done that?
4: No, I think it's good to clear
2: it out.
1: You mean there was more treasure down there, and you had them take it
3: out? Well, I mean, there was probably more snake people down there, so
1: that was good. But Arden, greater the risk, the greater the treasure. Yes, but... snakes (laughs)
0: snakes <laughs> serpents
1: snakes
0: yes I I, I don't know anything about those strange creatures that you described but I will make sure that we continue to look upon it we are a temple of knowledge after all and knowledge is what we seek so we will find it out if there is any answers to be gained um, thank you again friends thank you and he shakes all of your hands and he seems very pleased with the way things ended and with that, he turns and he does actually leave this time and makes his way back into the temple, making his way towards the far end where the large light of knowledge shines down over the foyer. You guys step back out of the temple into the courtyard in the front of it and into the center of the temple district.
2: So I turned to them, the very serious look on my face. The serpents have been on these islands longer than any of us. They are the reason that they're islands and that my people are sea elves and not wood elves. The serpents are evil creatures that have forced my people to the sea. They have been trying to rid us of this world, and I'm here to do the same to them. That's why I came to the land, is to retrieve a weapon. To help my people fight back. They are our greatest enemy. Would you guys stand with me. In fighting them. Even further. Rooting them out.
1: So in finding a weapon. You mean a treasure hunt?
2: No. I have that part taken care of oh. already.
4: Well, As a Wood help, I am more than happy to help you.
2: Nope. Arden you have no choice.
1: Oh okay. <laughs> yes ma'am. <laughs> If I help you, will you join my crew?
4: I think we're joining her crew.
1: That's only temporary. That's details. That's okay.
2: Depends on where you sail.
1: Mine sail anywhere. I sail everywhere. The ocean provides freedom.
2: I would like to stay somewhat close to home.
1: Well, I'm sure we could travel back every now and again.
2: I'll sail anywhere as long as you're helping me rid my people of the serpents.
1: Fantastic. Well, it seems we have an accord. I don't even
3: know what that means, but I guess I'm stuck doing this, so (laughs)
0: Oh boy (laughs) That's where we're going to end our session for today In the town of Freeport Thank you for listening to the Game Night Heroes The tale continues another time This was Freeport, episode 7 The Dark Truth Please subscribe and give us a review. It helps new listeners find us and take the journey along with you and with us. We can be found on all social media at GameNight Heroes. Please be sure to follow us for updates and for new information. We can also be found at GameNightHeroes.com. The Game Night Heroes is hosted and game mastered by Kevin Stacey. Victor Reed is played by Rob Alexander. Iradanzo Orame is played by Colleen Alexander. Arden Langalar is played by Aaron Regner. Nisha Lykoania is played by Brittany Stone. The Freeport trilogy was created and published by Chris Premis and Green Ronin Publishing. Logo design and podcast cover art for the game night heroes, was created by Josh K. Music is from various artists and appears from Pixabay. Please feel free to message us at Game Night Heroes Contact at gmail. We'd love to hear from you. This has been a presentation of the Game Night Heroes. Until next time... Keep dreaming your impossible dream.